You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. Thank you. It is a it's such a blessing to be a father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And uh, because today is Father's Day, I thought I'd uh, take opportunity to use Father's Day to talk about a father's heart. Amen? It's a good subject. It's a good subject. Amen? Father's Day. I just, I'm going to give you a little intro here to what... Uh, Father's Day was all about. Just, just for somebody, you know, people like, sometimes people like statistics and where things arranged or came from. The idea of Father's Day began with Sonora Louise Mart, Smart Dodd, uh, the only daughter born to an Arkansas farmer named William Jackson Smart and his wife, Elaine Victoria Cheek Smart. William Smart, a Civil War veteran, resettled his family after the war to a farmland near Spokane, Washington in 1898. When Sonora was 16 years old, her mother died giving birth to a sixth child, a son named Marshall. Sonora then helped her father raise the infant and four other brothers. Eleven years later, during the uh, Mother's Day sermon in 1909, Sonora reflected on the sacrifices her father made while rearing their family as a single parent. She then approached the Spokane Minister Alliance, suggesting the day, a day to honor fathers and proposed her father's birthday, June 5th, as the day for that recognition. The Alliance embraced her idea but chose the third Sunday in June. The first Father's Day celebration occurred in Spokane, Washington, on June 19, 1910. In 1966, President Lyndon Johnson issued a presidential proclamation designating the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. The the, the Congress enacted legislation to make Father's Day permanent in 1972. So there's a little history on Father's Day. It's a good day. It was good of her to recognize her daddy. Amen? Genesis 22.1, if you have your Bibles. If we're going to talk about a father's heart, I think, uh, and we as fathers need instruction on understanding what a father's heart is to be about, I think we should go to the word for it, don't you? It's a, it's a good example, because after all, we have a heavenly father, and he is our greatest example of a father's heart, amen? Let's go to 22.1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, Abram. And said to Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. God said to Abraham, he just called out his name. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I shall tell thee. And Abraham rose early in the morning, And saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son 
And Isaac, he brought the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose up and went onto the place which God had told him. We get a little bit of a glimpse here of Abraham and, and his commitment to our Heavenly Father, don't we? Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here, ye and the ass, or the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Interesting that Abraham would view it from this perspective, right? But after all, you know, the Lord had said that he was going to require uh, Abraham to offer his son Isaac. Yet when he talked to the young men, he said, you know, you guys wait here. Uh, the boy and I are going to go worship, and then we're going to come back. He had a bit of a different vision and perspective, didn't he, than, than perhaps some of us might have had if it was asked of us to do so. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon, uh, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in hand and a knife, and they, bo- they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father... And he said, here, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told told him of. And Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in the order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the altar with the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So he was mean in business, wasn't he? And the angel of the Lord called out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand to the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, which if you go to your margin or do a little study, you'll find it means the Lord provides. Jehovah-Jireh. Amen? And he's still providing today, brothers and sisters. And he said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee and thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sands which are upon the seashore and thy seed shall shall possess the gates of his enemy. Lots of good promises here to Abraham, amen. And thy seed shall... All, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Glory to God. I believe the first priority of a father's heart is to love God more than anything else, including his own son. To obey God's word and to trust him. Boy, them lights are bright. Can we knock them down a pitch, uh, a little bit there? I can't even see these people. Glory to God. It's important, brothers and sisters, that we put the Word of God first before anything. 
That means that sometimes you're going to have to say no to your children when they want to do things that might take them away from, um, well, the priority of God. See, this is what, this is what a father's heart's all about, isn't it? Fathers, we've got a big responsibility. We've got a big responsibility to mirror our father. Now, Abraham, you know, he was quite, you know, we need to, as fathers, we need to study Abraham. This was some guy. I'll tell you, you talk about having the, the faith of God in your heart. Just stop and think for a second what was required of that man. What was asked of him? He was asked to give up his only son. Now, I believe that the nations of the earth are blessed. Now, this is just my take on it. Now, you guys can pray about it or whatever. But I believe that the reason the nations of the earth are blessed was not because necessarily, I mean, part of it was, of course, because Abraham obeyed God, but I believe that was a type of my father offering up his son. Only thing is, he went through with it. He went through with it, brothers and sisters, and shed the blood of his son for you and I, that we can have life. And in that, in that blessing, in that uh, act of love, are all the nations of the earth blessed. All they got to do is receive it. That's all any of us got to do. Just receive that blessing. Hallelujah. See, this is really the Father's heart. Is that, and you and I, we've got to put, we've got to put God before everything. Now that's not as easy to do as it is to say. Because there's going to be many times you and I are challenged. We may, we'll be challenged to do things that would perhaps put God aside for a little bit and do our own thing. I've been there. Still there. Still working on that. Still fighting that. Because there's a part of me just wants to do my own thing. Even with my children. Take my children and take them somewhere and do something. Just eliminate God out of the picture altogether. Haven't we all been there? But you see, our heart has to be changed. And we need to put God first. Because in that, see, the Bible says, because Abraham obeyed God in his word, because he obeyed him, and his heart was in the right place, because of that, there was multiple blessings given to Abraham. And not only to Abraham, to who also? Well, to his seed, don't. Amen? Glory to God. Well, if it was good enough for Abraham, praise the Lord, I think there's a good, uh, a good lesson to be learned for you and I here. Because God's no respect for persons. You see, he respects faith. He respects his word. He respects those who would honor his word before anything else. And that's where the respect comes in. And that's where the blessing comes in. Isn't it true? You can shout amen if you want, or you can shout oh my. But it's true anyway. That's it. Praise the Lord. See, I'll tell you out of the mouth of babes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, that's number one, because I've got three points here. The first priority of a father's heart is to love God more than anything else. God's first place. Even including your own family. You know, the Bible says that if you won't love the Lord more than your own family, that you're not worthy to be called his disciple. Now, I know that. You've got to read that. You've got to go into the Word, and you've got to stand on the Word for that. But that's the truth of it. God comes first. 
Should anything be put before the Lord? Should any priority be before the Lord? No. No. And because we would follow this, uh, you know, follow, follow this and, and, and obey God's word and love him more than anything else, your family would be more blessed and my family would be more blessed than if I was to put God aside and do for them what I thought was right. You see, I'm, I'm just thinking with a humanistic sort of idea. That's how I'm trying to bless them. But the Lord's got a bigger picture. Amen? He can do better than we can. Let's go over to Proverbs. The first seven uh, verses in, or first uh, chapters in, in Proverbs has to do a lot with sons. Talking directly to a son. And for young people here, if I can suggest any kind of a book for you to read, I suggest you read Proverbs, especially young men, but young women too. You'll get a lot out of Proverbs. It'll teach you a lot. It will. On how to behave, how to be a son, how to watch yourself and keep yourself from entanglements in the world. And I can speak from experience. Well, let's go to Proverbs. We'll go to one. Let's start with eight. My son, hear the instruction of a father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Let's go to 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. In other words, if sinners start pulling you in, don't pay attention to them. Turn away from them. 15 says, my son, walk now in the ways of them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Because if you start going down the path of a sinner, you will be sucked in and you will be a partaker of their evil. Again, some of us can speak from experience. But we smile now because the Lord Jesus has forgiven us. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Okay, let's go on. We've got a lot of reading to do here today, so we want to get in, keep the scriptures going. Um, two, one. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou shalt incline thy ear to wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou carest after knowledge and lifts up thy voice for understanding. So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, phenomenal things. For a man or woman, a young man or a young woman to, be, to acquire. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hidden treasures... Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to three. One, my son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments, for length of days and long life and peace shall be added to thee. See, we're looking for all these things. We're all looking for this. We're looking for peace. We're looking for long days. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go home early. What, what sense is that? I want to be healthy, strong, live out my life full, full of days. Why should I want anything else? I want peace in my life. Amen? So those will be added to me if I put my focus in the Word of God. Is this a promise or not? Is this good instruction and wisdom or not? 
Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tablets or the tables of their heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. What, this is going to help me in everyday life? Because I put my focus on the word and gain understanding and wisdom? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. Easier said than done, but in, today, in today's society especially. But nevertheless, this is a commandment from our Father. In thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be, and, and it says now, it shall be health to thy navel. That's medicine. And marrow to thy bones. It talks about that marrow. That's, it, you know, to live a dried up life is to get out of the word of God. Because the word of God will bring, this, this, this marrow, it talks about moisture in your body. Hallelujah. The word of God will bring a moisture to you. It'll take that dryness away from you. And you'll have life and purpose and excitement and joy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then it says here, honor the Lord with thy substance. In other words, some material things. And with the first fruits of thy increase. This is why we tithe. Because we're giving that first fruits unto the Lord. And because we're obedient to do so, read on. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Glory to God. Remember, this is a father talking to his son. This is a father giving instruction, wise, sound instruction to his child, to his son. Hallelujah. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. From whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. See, our father delights in us, loves us, cares for us, and when we're doing some things a little wrong, he's going to chasten us. Now, he's not going to bring sickness and disease in your life, or he's not going to bring car wrecks and all that kind of stuff in your life. No, what he's going to do is he's going to bring his word across your path, and he's going to chasten you with his word. Is the word of God able to chasten us? Hallelujah. I've never been chastened so hard in my life as I've been chastened with the word of God. Hallelujah. I can tell some of you have been right where I've been. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. See, a lot of us are looking for the wrong things sometimes, aren't we? She is more precious than rubies, and in all things thou canst desire not, and not to be compared to her. Nothing is to be compared to this wisdom, this godly wisdom, this sound instruction given to a son by his father. She, uh, sorry, uh, 16, sorry. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Wow. Again, things that we'd like to see in our life. We'd like to see long life in our life, and we certainly don't want to walk around broke, do we? Why should we be? When promises like that have been given to us, that if we'll hear sound instruction, obey the word of God, act upon the word of God, here's, some, here's the result of this sound wisdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Her way... 
are ways of pleasantness and paths of our peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is what? Everyone that receive, retaineth her. Glory to God. Aren't those some excellent words spoken over us today? Colate Community Church, June 18th, 2017. Those words are just as applicable to us right now as they were back then. Four, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake not my law. For I was a father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. This is where we're at four, five we are at now. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us in such a fashion. Forsake her not, she shall preserve you. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom, get this now, this is 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. See, it's before everything else. Wisdom is before seeking a fine job. Wisdom is before looking for a partner. Wisdom is before everything. It's the principal thing. Get wisdom, and when we get wisdom, what happens? The rest of it starts to fall into place. Seek ye, the first of, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. See, seek, what's, what's the wisdom? It's the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Hmm. That is good. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. 10, 4.10 says, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Okay, let's go to 5. My son, 5.1, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thy ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. Praise the Lord. Let's go to six. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, in other words, you made some mistakes here. Maybe you got a little excited, a little mad, a little, you know, got carried away here, but it says, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken by the words of thy mouth. Three says, do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go, humble thyself, and make assure of thy friend. In other words, be a person who's quick to say, forgive me, please. I've made a mistake. Would you forgive me? Remember, these are sound words of instruction given to a son by a father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Let's go to, uh, to seven. My son, keep my words and lay upon, thy, upon my commandment with thee. Lay up my commandment with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thy eye. In other words, it's first priority. Kind of like when we first met our spouses, we're dating, whatever, the, the girl of your dreams, she was the apple of your eye, wasn't she? Oh, we all know that because you talked on her phone with her all day long. You went and saw her. If anybody else wanted to, your attention, you would divert from that and focus in on your lady or your guy. 
he or she was the apple of your eye. That's the kind of, that, that very uh, scenario is the way we should be looking towards God's word as the apple of our eye. Bind them upon the fingers, write them upon the tablets of thine heart, say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy king's kinswoman. Hallelujah. Number two, the fa- a father's heart is always wanting to share wisdom and understanding, wanting to be the be- wanting the best for his children wanting them to hear words of wisdom and to act upon his words. Isn't that our hearts, Father? We want to share wisdom that's been given to us with our children and we want to see them act upon that, put it into practice and to be blessed just like our Heavenly Father has given us instruction. His heart is to share his love, to share his instruction, share his wisdom, everything he's got, he'll share it with us that we can be blessed. Our hearts the same way, brothers and sisters, or fathers. To share. Hallelujah. This is a father's heart we're talking about. Sometimes we forget this. Sometimes we do forget this. I know I have. Glory to God. Let's go over. See, the Lord is instructing us and, and, and bringing wisdom to us. And you know what? As a father, now we talked about grandpas too. You know, maybe we made a few mistakes when we were bringing up children as fathers. Maybe we just sort of neglected them a bit or, or just got a little busy with our own, you know, our own priorities and stuff. Maybe we weren't doing exactly what the Word of God has said here to us. But you know, we have another opportunity in grandchildren too. We can right some wrongs too, can't we? we can, we've, we've learned some things. We can try to take some of that and pass it on to our grandchildren too. You see, that inheritance, the Bible says that a good man leaves his inheritance to his children's children. Now, inheritance is not just money. I mean, that's part of it, sure. But inheritance is, is what God has deposited into your heart and what the wisdom he's given you over the years, how that you can deliver and you know, pass on some of that instruction to your grandchildren, of course, your children and your grandchildren. Amen? You know, I, I want to say, as we grow on in years, we do learn some things. You know, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we've already come. Haven't we? Some of us have got a few years on us. And uh, we'd like to be able to share some of that wisdom. But we want to make sure it's just not a, like the Bible talks about a sensual wisdom, an ungodly wisdom, a wisdom from, from, that's not from above. Uh, we don't want to lean on that. We don't want to lean on a worldly wisdom. We want to focus in on the God, on godly wisdom. Amen? Because after all, that is the principal thing. Amen. Let's go over Luke chapter 15 because I think this is probably, you know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And let's go over to 15 and 11. Hallelujah. And Jesus said this, he says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me 
the portion of goods that falleth to me. You know, she doesn't say a portion. Interesting. Doesn't say a, it says the. And he divided unto them his living. Now here's a father. Now this, you know, every time I read this, I always kind of look at myself and I kind of wonder, wow, as a father, where would I be in this? Here, I have two sons. My younger son, for some reason, is disheartened with the whole situation, the whole family situation. Perhaps it's the older brother. Maybe he's making me look bad. Whatever, I don't know. But for some reason, this younger son is dis, he's disgruntled. He's upset. He doesn't, he, he's, not, he's not liking his, his, his situation. And if you actually read this whole, you know, go through this whole story, you begin to understand this father's a wonderful man. So it's not because his daddy's so bad. It's, bad, you know, it's not because his dad's beating him and won't, won't pay attention to him and all that kind of stuff. This is a loving father. And that boy comes to his dad and says, you know what? I'm sick of this. Give me what belongs to me. So his dad, not arguing and fighting with him and trying to talk him out of it, delivers onto him his portion of the father's living. But not only that, but he takes the other portion of, his father, of the father's living and gives it to the other son. Wow, just stop and think of that for a second, dads. Where's this father coming from? Because he definitely loves his children. I know what I'd be doing. I'd be, I'd be trying to bring this thing to naught because I don't want to give all my living to my two sons at this time in my life. Hallelujah. Because it does say, let's read on. Let's see what it says here. And he divided unto them his living. <laughs> so let's get a picture here. And not many days after, the younger son gathers all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He's sitting around. He's been working on the farm. He's asked for his inheritance, the portion of his father, which is half of it. The other son's got the other half. And he's sitting around with half of his living and he, or with his living, and he says to himself, I got enough here, and I'm, I'm tired of this whole situation. I'm departing. I'm going to go have some fun. Scoots off out of there and goes to a, uh, you know, gets, gets himself involved in all kinds of things. We'll read about it. But decides he's going to leave his brother and his father and their farm and all their livelihood. And not only that, it says that he... Um, it says that he journeyed to a far country. Kind of gives us an idea of where his heart was at, doesn't it? Not just went across to the next city, you know, just to have a good time and then pop on back home and see mom and dad every once in a while. No, that's not what he did. He decided to depart completely and leave the country. Take his father's, half of his father's living, which is his portion, and go off and have a good time. This is quite a father. Hallelujah. And when he had spent all, <laughs> he blew it. And there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to want, to be in want. You know, when you, when you get into a far country and you've got that kind of money, you're going to have lots of friends. And they're going to want to help you spend it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been, you know, there was, there was sometimes there was days where I'd be in the bar, and if I happened to have a little extra coin, I'd have more friends than if I had nothing. 
because they'd like to come on. They'd like to come on over and sit down with me. And maybe John's been working. He's got a little bit of money. They got nothing. And they, you know, they'd want to bum a drink or two off me or have me pay for a round. But where are those friends now? Where are those acquaintances? Have you ever been there? The same thing was told with this young man. Do you think he wouldn't have a lot of people hanging around him? Oh, he had some pretty girls too. Sure, because they all flock in there like crazy. See, because they, they were business ladies. They could spot this a mile away. Here's a young man loaded with money coming in for a good time and they were wanting to fill their pocketbooks. The Bible talks about this. Let's go on. And when, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he set him to the fields to feed swine. Here's a young man. His father evidently is a wealthy man. And he's now resorted to feeding pigs. Now, if this parable or this story is, you know, fits around the whole picture of things, this young boy would be a Jew, right? First thing we would know that pigs are a no-no for Jewish people, right? They're an unclean animal. You would have nothing to do with, with pigs. But he had to lower himself... I mean, not that he maybe had a lot of standards anyway doing the things he was doing. He wasn't paying attention to what's, what, you know, like what we were reading here in Proverbs. But it was just a, like a slap in the face. You know, the devil will do that. The devil will slap you upside the face. You start getting in his ter- into his kingdom, in his territory. Start messing around with his stuff. Start getting out there where you shouldn't be. Start doing things that aren't correct. The devil will come along and just slap you sideways because you know what? He knows that you're not even strong enough right now to defend yourself against him at all. You don't know. You're not exercising your faith. You're not exercising the word of God. You're not standing on your authority in any way, shape, or form. You're just going to let him do whatever he wants. And that's what happened to this young man. Reserved to feed in pigs. In fact, the Bible says, And he would have feigned, have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, but no man gave him. In other words, he was to the place where he thought, man, if I can just get some pig food. If I can just have some pig food. But nobody had even given pig food. Hmm. This, this is a dire situation. And when he came to himself, there's a time, brothers and sisters, when every one of us come to ourselves. Every one of us that have been down in this road, sooner or later, we come to ourselves and we give ourselves a shake. We say, what am I doing here? What am I doing here in this pig pen trying to partake of the swine's food? And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants... Of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He gets, he gets, a, he gets a, a breath of fresh air. He gets, a, he, gets a, he gets a little bit of wisdom here. He gets some light on the subject. And he says, I will arise, and I'll, I go to my father, and I say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
make me one of thy hired servants. In other words, give me a job, please. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was at a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What a story here. Now, remember, we're talking about a father's heart. This is what our message is about today. We're talking about the heart of a father. Here's a young man that did everything contrary to what you would have him do. Here's a young man that did everything opposite to what you'd like to have seen happen. Went off and did things that were terrible. But when he shook himself and got some ray of hope and enlightenment and decided that, you know what, I'm going to go back and repent. What was his father's heart about? Was it one of stern rebuke and to go to the back of the pack and work your way all the way to the front of the pack again? Was it one of, 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 of kind of loathing the boy and say, you gotta, you got to prove yourself before me before I'll even accept you again in this household? You have dishonored this home. What was his heart? Was it that? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. When he viewed, see, first of all, he was looking. He was looking for his boy every day. He never gave up. He had trust in that boy. He says, my son's going to be coming home one of these days. And he was watching, and he was looking. Every day he'd get up in the morning, he'd look down that window, down the pathway. And one day, his prayer was answered. One day, he looked, and there comes my boy. And instead of running out to rebuke him, he ran out to him, embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him. He was full of joy, full of compassion. Remember, we're talking about a father's heart here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, that's what happened to me. See, that's what happened to me. I was there feeding with the swine. And then one day, I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? Messing around with harlots, living my life in the bar, fooling around with this plastic world out here that's worth nothing? I knew better. I said, that's it. I'm going back to my father and tell him I'm not even really worthy, but just receive me. Take me home. Take me back. I'll do whatever I can. You know what? My dad received me. He didn't rebuke me. He didn't lay something on me to discipline me to, because of all my weird way of living, sinful way of living. No, he just received me. He says, come on home, son. Love you. I'm going to give you all that's going on. We don't get ahead of ourselves. Hallelujah. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Hallelujah. Not just a robe, but the best robe. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. You see, that ring 
was a symbol. In those days, rings were a symbol of authority. You carried a ring, and that ring, when it was stamped on something, that was a symbol of authority. In other words, everything the father had was in that ring. That boy could have turned around, gone back out to the bank and put that ring down and took everything the father had and gone off again. You see the kind of trust that our father puts in us, our heavenly father puts in us? You and I can turn around again and just run off into the darkness. We can just run off into the pig pen and fool around again and do it all over again. We could. But that's not what our father's seeing, is he? He's looking at you and I, his children. He loves us. He gives us back that authority, a robe of righteousness he puts on us, trusts us all over again. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. This is the Father's heart. This is who our Father is. Hallelujah. Don't you you ever let the devil put you down. You come back, and when that old slewfoot comes talking to you and telling you you're not worthy, that you deserve to be back in that pig pen, you just tell him, no, no, no. Did you check my right hand? Did you check my finger, my ring finger? Did did you you check that, Satan? You, you, You see that authority on my finger? You see the robe of righteousness on me? That was given to me by my father. You just back off, Jack. You have no authority in my life. Hallelujah. But the father said unto us, bring forth the robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his hand, shoes in his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. The Bible says that when uh, re- someone comes and repents that the kingdom of heaven, the angels are celebrating and rejoicing. What a picture this is, isn't it? This is a, a hallelujah. For this, my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked, What things do this, what does this mean? And he said unto him, Thy brother is come. And thy father has killed the fatted calf because he received him safe and sound. And here's the brother's attitude. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. You see, quite often, if we view things from a worldly perspective, we get our vision skewed. And we don't understand It's only when the Lord brings a revelation to us that we begin to understand truth. You see, you may feel left out, unworthy, unloved, but it's only a facade. That's not true. You see, this older brother, he felt that his daddy didn't love him as much as he did that younger son. And he was upset about that. And he wanted to make his point. And the way he did that was just ignoring the party, ignoring his brother, 
ignoring his father, ignoring everything else, just go off by yourself and just, well, pout. Have we ever been there? Have we ever felt rejected? Have we ever felt that perhaps we weren't quite as worthy as the younger brother? You see, it's all a lie. You see how you've been duped? You see how Satan's come along and, and, and tested us and, and tried us and, 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 and sometimes we failed? Sometimes he's brought things across our path that has made us feel inadequate, insecure, not loved of the Father at all, when that is not the picture of it at all. Because Jesus wrote this, had this penned down to give us an indication of how much our Father loves us. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answered and said, the Father, though these many years I do serve thee, now he's going to justify himself. Hmm. We've all done it. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments. He lived up to the word all the time. I mean, after all, if this was, if this, if you're, you know, if you had to make a choice, you might want to have this boy marry your daughter. I mean, he lived according to the word all the time, didn't he? He was a good, hard-working, honest boy. Worked hard for his daddy. Yet thou never gavest me a kid. Here's the irony. Here's the, here's the perspective of this. Here's the slap in the father's face. Do you realize that, of course, that a kid would not... It, it, when, it came to, when it came to celebrations, uh, eating was a big part of this, a huge part. And the fatted calf was only reserved for very special occasions and very special individuals, like perhaps royalty or something like that. You didn't kill the fatted calf for the neighbor coming over to visit you. You may kill, a, have the goat over or something like that, and have a lamb or something, but not the fatted calf. You see, the son said, you know what? I have worked all these days and all these years for you, stuck by your side, never transgressed your law at all, and you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even bring a little kid in here and, and, and feed him, from, you know, make a party for me. Yet you kill that fatted calf for that boy? You see? But let's go on. But as soon as this thy son which came, which what was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, so he was fooling around with hookers, Thou hast killed him, the fatted calf. See, the, 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 under, the older brother just could not understand this. He did not, he was, he was envisioning a religious aspect to it, wasn't he? See, we have to be careful, brothers and sisters, that we don't serve the Father in a religious aspect. That's not what it's all about. It's not about how good you are and how much you can do good and how much you can, you know, perform for the Father. That's not what this is about. This is about the Father's heart and how much He loves you and cares for you and cares for me and what that means in the light of our salvation. Isn't it? Hallelujah. And He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. In other words, you are always right by my side. You're always with me. And all I have is thine. In other words, I've withheld nothing back from you, son. 
It was proper. It was meet that we should make merry. It was suitable. That's what that word meet means. It was suitable. It was, it was proper that we'd make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Glory to God. What a story. What a story. My third point is a father's heart is open and tender towards his children. A father's heart is forgiving and compassionate and not holding past indiscretions against him. And there's the hard one. There's the hard one for you and me as a father. Not holding past indiscretions against our children. Not as easy to do as it is to say. But if we're to live according to the word of God and use this as an example of what a true father's heart is, then we will love our children and be fathers like this father was. Do you think that didn't speak to that young lad? Do you think this father's love didn't speak to this young lad? Because he came home with the idea of just being a servant and living in the servants' quarters and maybe sometimes seeing his dad, maybe occasionally bumping into his brother and saying hi. But that's not what happened. He was fully restored to a position of honor and sonship. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 2, Behold, or beloved, I should say, <clears throat> Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Hallelujah. Children of the living God. When we see this picture, we begin to see how much God loves us. And doesn't that bring a smile to your face? Hallelujah. It's real. It's not just a fancy story. This is the heart of the Father. And He wants each one of us to know today that his heart is yearning for us. If we're, if we're departed and you know, been out, out there messing around where we shouldn't be, turn around, shake yourself, turn around and come on back. And he'll receive you. He'll love you. He'll put that ring on your finger again, give you authority back. He'll, the robes of righteousness will be upon you. And he'll care for you and love you just like he does each and every one of us. That's good. See, this is a father's heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise your Lord. Well, we want to be too long because day is Father's Day and we want to celebrate. But I trust that as we leave this place that we will just ponder on the scriptures and what it means to be, um, well, to put God first, amen? Put him first in every aspect of our life. That we would be willing as fathers to share what God has given us, amen? And to be a father with a compassionate heart and to love our kids and just, you know, be the kind of father that the father is. Amen? Glory to God. Let's close in prayer. And then I want, I want you guys to, all you fathers, 
Don't depart from this place without getting a gift. We've got a little gift there. I think the ushers are going to pass that out there later. As we're going out, as you're departing there, you can just get that. Amen? And uh, hallelujah. Let's, let's be mindful of how our Father loves us and what it really means to be a, a, a godly father. Amen? Because we can all do it. Amen? Because the Lord is showing us how and walking with us through every step of it. Amen? You know, maybe today, maybe you, you know, things have gone kind of sideways between you and your dad or whatever, or, or maybe you as a father. Just remember, God is your father. You can trust in him. You can share your heart with him in every aspect. Perhaps today might even be a lonely day for you. But if that's the case, I encourage you to go to your heavenly father and he will definitely fulfill you and satisfy you and give you all the, the love that, it, that you need if you will just run to him. Amen? Hallelujah. And like we prayed, like uh, Julia prayed for in the pre-service prayer about stepfathers. Now, I was a stepfather for a while. I, I operated in that for a while, for quite a few years. And uh, it's a different place to be. But you know what? As a stepfather, you know, it's... And, and you, some days, you know, you, you may sense, well, I'm not really their father. But you know, it takes more than just hooking up with a woman to be a father. You know what I mean? You can be a father to those children without being their paternal father. And you can bring wisdom and everything we've spoke about today can be as true for you as it is for me or any other father. You see, God has put you in that position. If you're in that, if you're in that position, he's going to give you wisdom what to do. Lean on him. It's the same thing holds true. Exercise that love that God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise your Father. Father, I just want to thank you so much for this day, a great day. A day to, well, to honor fathers. But not just a natural father, but our heavenly father. We just want to thank you so much for the example that you have given to us about being a father. How much you love us and care for us. Lord, I pray there was anybody here today that's having a hard time understanding your heart, that you would just speak to them in a special way today. That you would just, well, just reveal yourself in a special way, Father. Bless them. Help them. Father, if there's one in this place here today that doesn't know you as their heavenly Father, I pray, Father, that you move upon their heart and they would come forward and that they would uh, come to these altars today and that they'd give their life to you. And that they would be that son coming home. Hallelujah. Lord, there's some there out there just backslidden, not living right. Father, I pray you'd speak to them. Father, you know how to get their attention. I pray, Father, that they would just be like this prodigal, shake themselves and say, whoa, what am I doing? I want to I live with you forever, Father. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss the rapture of the church. I don't want to be out there living in darkness and, 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 and then the Lord Jesus, you call and, and I don't go because, well, I just didn't hear your voice. 
Draw the backsliders back, Father. Draw them home. Give them a vision of hell. Let them see what they'd be missing, fooling around out there and doing things that are not right. It's a way too serious an hour to be playing and dabbling in Satan's kingdom. Help us, Father, to be a witness unto you, to share your love with others. I pray, Father, that we'd have a compassion for those around us. There's a lot of people that we're talking to and rubbing shoulders with and, and just fellowship with that they have no idea who you are. Lord, we have the answers. We have the truth. Help us to be like Paul said, be bold and share your truth. Lord, that we wouldn't be afraid of man or mankind, but that we would be more afraid of our Father and not doing what he has asked us to do than we ever would mankind or Satan or anything else. Help us, Father, that we do put you first place. Help us, Father. You're first in our lives. We give you first place. And Lord, as we depart from this place, I pray that you just keep us safe. Hmm, thank you for those angels, Lord, that are in each one of our lives. Hmm, you said in your word that those angels would bear us up in their hands, lest we'd even dash our foot upon a stone, Lord. You said in your word that no evil would befall us, nor any plague would come nigh our dwelling, and that we've been delivered from any noisome pestilence, that's any contagious, infectious, or deadly disease, Lord. So today we walk out of these doors, not receiving any plague, not receiving anything that the enemy would have of us, would have for us. We'll not receive that. We'll receive the word of God and the truth that's in there. And the protection there is in the name of Jesus. Thank you for that precious blood that's been shed for each one of us. We apply it to our lives. And today, as we go from this place, we do it loving you, respecting one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and loving each other. For this shall men know that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus because we have love one for another. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you as you have a wonderful Father's Day. You know what? If you need prayer for any reason, if you're, if you're that one that doesn't know the Lord, you come on up here. I'm going to be up here, and I'll call the prayer team up too. And, and if you have any need, you come on up. If you want to spend some time in this altar, just what we've talked about today, you just want to maybe seal something in your heart with your Heavenly Father. You just come on up here. And nobody, nobody kneel down here. Nobody's going to bother you unless you ask for it. And just spend some time. And Hallelujah. Just seal some of that with the Lord. Amen? God bless you. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.